podcast number two on this Friday, January 22nd for IlliniInquirer.com as Illinois has landed another transfer commitment. And it's a name I know. It's a name or a person I remember seeing at an Illinois football spring practice in April 2016. I still remember it. I still remember Jafar Armstrong coming to campus uh, for one of Lovey Smith's first spring practices and you know, watching practice, catching up with Jafar afterwards. And, you know, Illinois was one of his top options. Missouri was in the mix. I believe Kansas and some other programs were in the mix. But then in the fall, Notre Dame offered. And it's really tough for a Midwest kid like him from Kansas uh, to pass up on Notre Dame. And he made an immediate impact in Notre Dame. But after four years at Notre Dame, Jafar Armstrong is transferring and Illinois has landed him. Brett Bielema, the new Illini head coach, gets another big win the day after, adding Eddie Smith, the Alabama safety transfer. So now the Illini at another big piece, at a big position of need. And Jafar Armstrong commits to Illinois, and uh, Corey Patterson led this recruitment. So uh, the longtime Illini staffer here getting to work on the recruiting trail for Brett Bielema, uh, improving his worth pretty quickly here. Uh, but Jafar Armstrong, 6'1", he was two. 20. I'm told he's lost a little bit of weight. He's had a couple injury issues here, but as I said, uh, he has made uh, an impact at Notre Dame. His freshman season, his redshirt freshman season, had more than 500 yards of uh, offense from scrimmage. Redshirt freshman season, he had 542 yards from scrimmage, seven touchdowns, including a couple against Michigan in their uh, contest there. Uh, but uh, he had 30 receptions for 294 yards in his career, ran for 513 yards, or at about four yards per carry. But uh, he has a different kind of weapon to Illinois. I think, when I've watched him, uh, I think he could be a slot guy. Uh, at 6'1", if he's around 210 now, uh, I think he's got a straight line speed. Uh, I think he's got some physicality that he can play with that Illinois just hasn't had at that position here recently. Trayvon Sidney was hurt far too often. Uh, Kyron Cumbie is small. He's not going to be able to be a physical presence there. And James Frenchy, a, a little skinnier, and of course he's, he's younger. Uh, so I think that would possibly be his best fit. But from what I understand, Illinois probably going to use him out on the perimeter as well at wide receiver. Uh, he certainly has that speed. I think he's probably a better fit there than he was at running back. But this is just a talent upgrade at a position where Illinois, we know, needed a talent upgrade. Uh, it is one of the weakest positions on this roster right now because they missed on far too many of their high school targets, even though I think they had the opportunity to land guys like Mookie Cooper and A.J. Henning. They just weren't able to close on those guys, and it's left them in a spot where they've really had uh, to lean on the transfer market. So at wide receiver now, you had Jafar Armstrong. I would imagine he's going to start right away along with Brian Hightower, who I thought we saw glimpses of uh, could be really, really good. Now, I know he only had, what, like nine receptions in eight games for 204 yards, but he had three touchdowns. I thought when he was thrown to, uh, did a pretty good job. And I think in a new offense, I think he's shown that he's got the talent uh, to be a Big Ten starter. Uh, so you put Brian Hightower, you know, Jafar Armstrong, and then Donnie Navarro, we know, can be a solid, productive guy who gets open. But after that, it's a lot of questions. You know, James Frenchy, Kyron Cumbie, um, Delvon Campbell, what are you going to get from him? We didn't see anything 
really, uh, from Desmond Dan last year. And that was a questionable take at the time. And then you got young guys like James Frenchie and Patrick Bryant, who we'll see what they can bring. But if you're going in with those guys expecting immediate impact, I just I don't think that's very likely. So uh, Illinois certainly needed to fill this position via the transfer market. So let's get to know more about Jafar Armstrong from somebody who's covered him over the last four years. Again, I love having this 24 sports network to have people I can just call up and say, hey, you got time to talk about this person or this coach or this player. Uh, and Tim O'Malley of irishillustrated.com, our great Notre Dame website. They do as good of a job as anybody of covering the Irish. Uh, he was able to join me minutes after Jafar Armstrong committed to Illinois and give me a breakdown of the newest Illini transfer commit. Tim O'Malley breaks down Jafar Armstrong next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Welcome in to the Illini Inquirer podcast, and let's get to know a little bit more about the newest Illini transfer. And I remember uh, Jafar Armstrong was one of the first recruits to actually visit campus at Illinois when Lovey Smith first got here as a head coach. But Tim O'Malley, who writes for uh, Irish Illustrated 24-7 Sports, is joining us now. Uh, Tim, what do you think uh, of Jafar Armstrong to Illinois? What was your reaction? Yeah, it's, you know, uh, if you talk to me about Jafar Armstrong entering the 2018 season, and that's uh, Notre Dame went to, uh, you know, went to the playoffs that year, we, he was kind of a curiosity, and he ended up starting because Dexter Williams, if you remember the Green Bay Packer running back now, was suspended for four games. Armstrong played about half that year because he had a staph infection in his knee. He was seven touchdowns, always an aggressive runner, a couple touchdowns against Michigan in the opener. And so we really had high hopes for him going into 2019, and I think the staff did too. He was the starter in the opener at Louisville, and about six plays in, Armstrong probably had 30 yards in these six plays, he tore a uh, abdominal muscle. Hmm. And, man, he did not look the same. He They, they – they did rush him back. I don't mean that in a technical medical sense, probably, because I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. But he's back in six weeks. I mean, try walking to the mailbox in six weeks after having abdominal surgery, and he's out there running the ball against you know Virginia Tech and Michigan. That's yeah. that's a tough call for him. So he, I, I have not seen the same explosive Jafar Armstrong since then, but what we do know about him is he is a very physical player. He has downfield ball skills. He showed that in 2018 from the running back position at Notre Dame. He usually split out to the slot um, quite often for the running back spot. And at his best, he was a good runner. Um, we did not see him at his best when he came back from this injury. He just looked a little hesitant, a little stiff. And I'm sure it did not help that his reps went down because Kyron Williams, of course, exploded onto the scene this year for Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Uh, obviously, when you're a program like Notre Dame and you, you you start to have injuries, you can lose your spot pretty quickly given the depth. Um, Illinois, I know, plans to use him at wide receiver. Uh, to- yeah, that, that's a good idea, I think. I think that is his best spot. He moved because he had to. It wasn't because they just didn't have a – with Dexter Williams out, they didn't have a runner. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, why? Why do you think he's a better fit out there? He doesn't have that natural tailback lean where you get your pads low. Like, he is – He's an extremely physical player that didn't run physically. Does that make sense? So I think as a wide receiver, he can be a threat after the catch, yards after the catch. He does have good ball skills. There was just something about him when he was trying to turn his pads and run where he just didn't have that natural running back running ability. And I I think there's probably plenty of guys like that, right? I mean, he came to Notre Dame as a wide receiver or as as, as an athlete wide receiver. His freshman year there when he registered, he was a wide receiver. So he didn't get any carries until spring of 2018 and he ended up having a pretty good year as a, as a running back and became uh, Williams backup but he would not have stayed at running back at Notre Dame I know they moved him 
actually I was at the game because I didn't travel much this year, so I know this. It was at the Georgia Tech game. I saw him warming up at wide receiver, and I was like, well, it looks like the move has been made. I think he can make an impact there more than in the running game. Um, he's just more athlete than running back, and I think it can translate um, to the wide receiver position. You mentioned he wasn't as explosive after these injuries. Of course, we'll we'll see when he gets back. Um, but when he he was a high school sprinter, right? Was that was that a big reason Notre Dame liked him as a recruit? Yeah, and he he was an athlete. Um, he's also a Brian Kelly favorite um, and a coaching staff favorite. He is one of those guys that they just talked about. They had to try to slow him down in practice. They do all the uh, GPS reports where they have, you know, they have all their players monitored, and they just said Jafar Armstrong goes so far beyond what other players do that is normal. He was a definitely a staff favorite, definitely a media favorite. He's a great guy to talk to. I think he's one of those people that, like, we just saw him after the abdominal injury. Like, man, he does not look the same. <laughs> you know, it was probably tough for him to continue that transition to running back. I think he's just more comfortable at wide receiver. As I said, he had some good moments in the slot early in 2018. Um, his best games were early in 2018 before he got that staph infection in his knee. And uh, he had a really good day at Wake Forest. He was over 100 yards when he lost. I remember he's a very affable guy. He, he had 100 yards, and he lost yardage on a carry in the third quarter. And they were winning by so much, he never went back in. And we let him know he had 98 yards. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think the position is good for him. He'll be, a, he'll be a team leader type of player right away because he's a workout warrior, and uh, everybody will like him. It, it's like a – he is the all-time glowing endorsement for a person to bring into the program, so you'd like to see him be able to succeed at this position. And um, I assume with the COVID rule, he would have two seasons at Illinois. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. So if he gets healthy, how good do you think he could be at a program like Illinois? Yeah, I, I like him in the slot. Um, he could probably play that boundary receiver position, but I, I do think he's more athlete than pure wide receiver, so slot with the jet sweeps, mm-hmm. um, the quick looks. And uh, he, had, he, I mean, he had some nice plays downfield. It was This is going to sound funny because it was Ball State and Vanderbilt, but Ball State and Vanderbilt in 2018 when Notre Dame went undefeated were the two closest games Notre Dame had, <laughs> and he was actually instrumental in the offense in those games from the slot position. Um, he's he's a guy I think is he's an intriguing player, and he's a guy that probably had to leave ND because Kyron Williams passed him. They have a lot of wide receivers coming up. I I was not surprised at all to see a grad transfer, and he was also a guy that you knew wasn't going to transfer before graduation. He just got a good head on his shoulders. So yeah. he's an all-around good addition. Um, I, I think if you see him in the slot, slot athlete, or he can also be a running back, you know, on occasion, those jet sweeps, everything else is probably better than trying to line him up wide and see if he can go out and beat top Big Ten corners. I think he's more of a uh, playmaker than he is a guy that would be a pure wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, I want to ask you, Tim, while I have you, uh, Houston Griffith coming back to Notre Dame. I know Illinois fans were hopeful that they could get him uh, with his yeah. dad uh, being a, a, you know, a legend here. Uh, but what's that mean for Notre Dame? How happy are they to get him back? Uh, yeah, I mean, they. it was a strange transfer because he was – if he wasn't the other starter with Kyle Hamilton, he was 1B. That's how he worked with D.J. Brown this uh, this whole season. Um, neither one of them had a great year, but neither one of them had a bad year. I mean, there's nothing you can say bad about them. They didn't give up a lot of plays because Notre Dame had a good secondary back there. But he has a really good chance to start. I, I think it's good that he came back two years left also because of COVID. He's, he's one of those guys that will get those two years too. You know, some freshmen and sophomores that had that COVID year, you know they're not going to end up playing – five or six years in college football. But I think Griffith is a guy, since he's a true senior, can play two more years at Notre Dame. And that depth chart really needed him. Safety is a position where they need bodies. Um, They brought in a lot of freshman corners, two freshman safeties, but that's just a tough position to play at that level. I think Griffith is a senior and probably a fifth-year senior. This is by far his best choice to come back. 
One more guy I know is in the portal that Illinois might have interest in, Jack Lamb, a linebacker. I know he's from the West Coast. Um, what, what do you know about Jack Lamb? They should have interest in Jack Lamb. I, to this day, look, Clark Lee is the best defensive coordinator anyone has had probably since Barry Alvarez. Hmm. No one in the world knows why Jack Lamb didn't play for Clark Lee because <laughs> even Clark Lee spoke highly of Jack Lamb. But when this August ended, he was the fourth-string buck linebacker, which is an inside linebacker position, and it was their weakest position on the team, and it remained that way the whole year. We, hmm. we don't get it. They have some athletes there. But Jack Lamb is a guy that, as a redshirt freshman in 2019, so last year, he was the starting linebacker in the dime package, which they ran a lot. In other words, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa came off the field for Jack Lamb. I mean, the, the guy is a really good player. He started his career at Notre Dame with a shoulder injury, I believe torn labrum, so he missed his freshman year. And in, in his sophomore season, redshirt freshman, he hurt his hip. I think that set him back a lot in the offseason, mm-hmm. and maybe – when you're in August camp and you have not had spring and you've had very little summer conditioning because of COVID, he just didn't show well enough early. Um, he will probably be their special teams player of the year. They didn't do the awards this year because obviously with COVID and everything that I assume they'll do them virtually. If they're honest and they want to give it to an outgoing player, <laughs> Jack Lamb is a special teams player of the year. Um, he, he's a guy who have three years of eligibility. He already graduated early. It's the curious thing because the coaches liked him and all of a sudden he was off the map, but he was still starting on special teams. So, you know, he wasn't being disciplined and he's not the type either. So I, I I think someone is getting a steal in Jack Lamb wherever he goes. He's actually the guy I would read the highest of all the Nordic guys that were looking to transfer. Wow. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if Illinois uh, pursues him and is able to land him. Tim O'Malley, irishillustrated.com. Tim, uh, appreciate this last minute, man. Hey, no problem. Great stuff from Tim O'Malley, irishillustrated.com. It'll be interesting to see what else uh, Illinois can do in the transfer portal. I think the biggest needs remaining here, um, I think they could use another wide receiver. I think they could use another linebacker. Uh, if they wanted to go a defensive back, I think they could afford to do that. But I think you got a solid group of defensive backs if you're healthy now that you've added Eddie Smith. I think Eddie Smith allows you to put Tony Adams back. It is more natural, the position he likes more at cornerback. You got Devin Witherspoon, Marquez Beast in there. You got a lot of freshmen coming in and possibly some guys who can make uh, an immediate impact and, and get into the two deep, whether it's you know Daniel Edwards or, or Tyler Strain. Maybe Tavian Nicholson uh, can step up in that spot. If you want to keep Kendall Smith at corner, though, you might want to move him at wide receiver. And then at safety, you'd have Eddie Smith, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin. I thought Quan showed some things later in the season. I think Kirby Joseph actually had a couple good games late in the season. I think Derek Smith should move to linebacker or that kind of nickel position. But I think you have guys you feel comfortable with. And Joriel Washington, I think, is going to be good down the line. But uh, I, I think you are okay there. I think wide receiver, even with Jafar Armstrong, I know Illinois probably wants to put him out at the boundary, which I think he can play there. Uh, but I kind of like him in that slot, do-everything role. If I can add somebody else next to Brian Hightower, opposite Brian Hightower, as a, as a you know boundary, you know sideline wide receiver, perimeter wide receiver, I, I'd like to do that. Because I, I think if you have Jafar in that slot, it's a big physical guy, does have some speed. Uh, we'll see how he comes back from injury. And, and, and if he's better on the outside, maybe, maybe you can put Kyron Cumbie in there. But I just think you still need another guy to upgrade there. And I think a linebacker, especially with so many guys coming off serious injuries, you had Kalon Tolson, Tariq Barnes, Shimon Cooper, all had season-ending surgeries that will likely keep them out for spring ball. For, for a couple of them, I know it will. Um, 
you'd like to add another linebacker. Plus, you could just use a talent upgrade at linebacker. Plus, I think Brett Bielema is going to have a more multiple defense here. I think he'll have four-man fronts sometimes, three-man fronts at times. But I think he needs another inside linebacker. Because I think Tariq Barnes could be a Big Ten starting linebacker, but he's coming off an injury. Shimon Cooper eventually maybe can be a Big Ten starting inside linebacker, but he's coming off a serious injury and doesn't have a lot of playing experience. That's why I think a guy like Jack Lamb, as we just talked about, would make a lot of sense. But you also kind of have here a scholarship crunch we think, because the NCAA hasn't passed its NCAA reform. They tabled it. So you might not know whether guys who are transferring are eligible immediately. That's why Jafar Armstrong is a grad transfer. That's big. You know he's going to be eligible immediately. Eddie Smith, he's staying at Alabama this semester to make sure he graduates so he can be eligible immediately at Illinois. Um, If they don't pass a one-time transfer rule here, all of a sudden – you're going to take a guy who's got to sit out a year, right? So I think the graduate transfer route is still the preferred route here, but there could be more transfers that come up in the summer too, whether it's transfers going out of Illinois after having spring ball with this staff or you know, people at other programs who decide after spring ball, I'm not getting the playing time I want, I'm going to transfer out. But uh, pretty good start. Pretty good start. They are addressing their needs, and they're doing it very quickly. You had a linebacker in Calvin Hart. You had a wide receiver in Jafar Armstrong. You had an H-back that you didn't have on the roster and Max Rosenthal, right? You, had, you didn't have anybody like that. Um, and then you had a DB like Eddie Smith. So I, I think they're doing a good job of addressing their needs so far in the transfer portal. Hope you enjoyed this emergency podcast. Learned a little bit about Jafar Armstrong. I know I did. Thanks to Tim O'Malley for that. As always, check on the latest at Illini Inquirer. I will have a mailbag coming up this weekend. And I'm considering my first 2022 crystal ball pick for an in-state prospect. So that could be coming up at IlliniInquire.com as well. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. Again, for the second time today, everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast.